Our God is an unparalleled, an unmatched gift giver, lover, giver of mercy, bringer of justice and peace. He is all of these things and simultaneously thirstier, hungrier, more desirous for us than we are even for ourselves at times. God gives us gifts. God loves us. God shows us his mercy because he wants us. He thirsts for me. He thirsts for you. He thirsts in his deepest being to be, for us to be with him. We see this in the readings. In the first reading from the book of Exodus, we hear of the Israelites, or the Hebrews, in the desert, and they're thirsty. And God gives them water. But God has already delivered them from slavery. God is giving them the promised land. So God gives them water, <coughs> not just to meet their earthly thirst, but to invite them into a deeper relationship, a deeper dependence, a deeper love and longing for Him. He's showing them and giving them His power and His goodness so that they might see and love Him more. In the Gospel, we have the woman at the well. And it is Jesus who's waiting for her. It is Jesus who says, give me a drink. It is Jesus who sees her and is thirsty for her faith, for her heart. Because Jesus knows that that woman is the best when she is with him, when she has faith, when she is on fire with his love. And God is so good and so generous and so merciful that when we encounter him, we're just awestruck. And we can't help but follow after him, but we also are challenged by it. And we have to remember that this invitation, this thirst that God has for us, this generosity in which he gives to us is not an invitation for us to remain or to be complacent. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you so much he doesn't want you to stay there. God thirsts for you, and he thirsts for more of you. His thirst is insatiable because your capacity for the good is limitless. God loves so much, he gives so much because we are of infinite value, because we are made in his image and in his likeness. And it's today that we see a roadmap for change, a roadmap for conversion by this woman at the well. That God doesn't just give to us so that we can have a nice gift, a shiny object in our heart, but so that we can have a life, a beautiful, a good, a true, a wonderful, life-giving life that is nurtured, enriched, maintained by this life-giving water that he gives to us. And so in the gospel, we have it where the, where the woman comes to the well, and who's waiting for her there? Who meets her there but Jesus Christ? Jesus waits. Jesus meets us. We never take the first step. And not only that, but Jesus meets us when we're our loneliest, when we're our most isolated, when we're our most broken. If you, if you remember from the story here, he's there at the middle of the day in the well. If you've ever been to the third world or a developing country, the women mostly who are in charge of the water go early in the morning and late at night. They don't go in the middle of the day. So this woman is isolated. She's alone. 
And yet that is where Jesus meets her. And it's Jesus who asks something of her first. Give me a drink. And he asks each and every one of us something small, something simple, something we can do for him tonight. Maybe that's pray for me, pray more. Maybe it's love more. Maybe it's serve more. Maybe it's stop doing that sin that you know is wrong. In some way, shape, or form, Jesus is asking us something small tonight. Each of us. And the next thing as we see in it is that when we give it to the Lord, when we, when we open our hearts, when we just give that little gift to the Lord, He immediately rushes in with the fullness of His goodness, His mercy, His love, His compassion. He asks for a drink and then promises her the gift of everlasting water, the life-giving water. But he doesn't hold back. He doesn't just give it to her. He confronts her. He basically calls her an adulterer. When we are confronted with this life-giving water, it's not to make us feel good, but it's to make us change, to help us change, to help us become what God has created us to be. No matter where we are, no matter where we've been, we are called to conversion, to renewal, to change constantly in our life. And the church teaches, and Christ teaches, not because he hates or wants this woman to feel bad about her life, her past, but because he's inviting her to something more. And so he does the same thing to us. When we give a little bit to God, he invites us to dive into those waters, to change our life, to go with him. And then we see what happens when we dive in. We see this woman who is an outcast, this woman who is forsaken, changing hearts and minds of other people. The life-giving water that Christ gives to her is so powerful, it rushes into all she encounters. It's like a mountain stream that cannot keep within its banks. And this is what God desires to do in each and every one of our hearts. And we're called to change. And this Lenten season is a way in which we come back. A way in which we analyze, where do I need to change? Where do I need, where do I thirst? Where do I need the life-giving, life-changing water of Jesus Christ? And so the practices of prayer, uh, fasting, and almsgiving are given to us to strip away so that we can go before God. So that when we go before God, we're asking Him for the life-giving water. Not just to slake our thirst for what is in front of us, but for what is our entire life. What our purpose is. What our ambition is. And how we can change. This past week, I had the privilege of going with several students to West Virginia. And throughout our trip there, we encountered people in all different states of, of life who have been... In, uh, who have um, in some way, been affected by the coal and natural gas industry in West Virginia. And frankly, I had never thought about either one of those industries in any meaningful way before this week. And in one way, shape, or form, this was God's way of inviting me to assess how do I use energy? What, where and how do I get it? What, you know, what am I willing to do to help people who are in that? How am I willing to change my life so that we can change the world for a better place? And God's asking the same thing of each and every one of us in some way tonight. How can you change? How can you be confronted by the gospel? So that when I come to you, when Christ comes to me, I can ask him for the living water. And I can say to him, Lord, give me that water. 
Give me that water of your mercy in the sacrament of confession. Give me that water of your body and blood in the Eucharist. Give me that water which changes my heart and changes my life and changes this world. Lord, give me that water. 